0: Everybody, welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host Caitlin, and I have an awesome guest with me here today. Super excited for this recording. We're going to get into some therapeutic practices, trauma work, um, and really just unpack what it's like to be a highly sensitive in entrepreneurship because yeah. most of us are. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, Michael. Can you tell us a little bit more about you, and you know, just let our listeners know how you got into entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, Caitlin, excited to be here and truly, truly a pleasure. I know I, I from what you told me, I'm one of the probably rare males on the show. And so I don't take that lightly. I'll start with that. Uh, and my hope, intention and commitment is to add value uh, today. So I'm excited to be here. As far as an intro, I don't, you know, with an intro, you could go so many different directions. When you said intro yourself, I, I, I figured I'd start with the fact that just this morning, even though I'm, you know, one of the fastest growing companies in our industry, according to Inc. 5000 and all that type of stuff, I could speak to those things. I figured I'd start with this. Just this morning, I had my own somatic healing session to kind of set the groundwork for this week. I do that every Wednesday in the mm-hmm. middle of the week because so much gets piled up on our lives and on our plates as we're building businesses. I'm also a dad too, And, you know, there's just like so much in our worlds, right? And by Wednesday, you know, my plate can be filled with anxiousness and stress and doubt and questioning or excitement and happiness and joy. And so I figured I'd start my intro on a very human level. And that's that this morning I did a 90 minute somatic therapy session um, as part of my journey
0: yeah that sounds amazing and thank you for giving us some of that background too because a lot of our listeners are parents and you know navigating entrepreneurship it's like a whole nother level i'm a dog mom so i can't imagine what it would be like to have little children you know as i'm starting my business but that's so great can you tell us more about what that somatic somatic therapy is and what a 90-minute session consists of yeah
1: well, I'll, I'll answer that question by also sharing this part of my story, right? Five years ago, when I got recommended to a somatic therapist, uh, my ego and my arrogance said, uh, there's no way I'm doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> because I had done so much personal growth stuff up until that point in my life, right? I had done uh, all of the Tony Robbins stuff and John Maxwell training and um uh, I'd done MITT and Landmark and a lot of things. And I'm not saying it that way, like I knocked those things, but that had been my exposure to personal growth. And therefore, my perception of anything with the word therapy in it meant something's wrong with me, or you, you got to be really crazy to be going to do those things. And um, I kind of resisted it at first. So I, I found it to start with that story. And as part of my intro and sharing what somatic therapy is, you know, the, that first round of personal growth, all the things I just described, I thought it was the only way because it led to some success. I, you know, it's part of my bio and other things. Like I've won over a dozen national championships in karate. I've built now five different seven-figure organizations. Today, our company has two business units. We help busy entrepreneurs uh, tap into their love, abundance, and glory by getting into the best shape of their lives mentally, physically, and spiritually. So we work with busy entrepreneurs. And then I also have a business coaching program uh, where we teach what the top 1% of coaches and consultants do to get clients to pay play all out to get amazing results and transformation and then stay for years. So like that is my like bio bio. Yeah. But as far as somatic therapy and what it is and why I still do it and how I got there, I went from five years ago thinking it's crap to realizing that it is the superpower and the key that was going to unlock not only my next level of success, like all the external world stuff, more money, revenue, etc., but also unlock my own level of peace, Mm. fulfillment, like true impact and influence with other people. Because the last thing I'll say for now is up until that point, my belief about, emotions and mindset is that my mom always said I had a huge heart and I showed my emotions on my sleeve, but I never expressed them to people because I growing up in the martial arts world was always like, it's all about just being more mentally tough. Like if I had hard emotions in my teens and twenties, I would have said Caitlin stuff to you like, Oh, just toughen up and be more mentally tough. Just ignore the sensitive emotions of all of it. And so somatic therapy and closing, it gets you out of your head. And it gets you into your body. It gets you into your nervous system. And so that's, uh, that's the type of work I was doing this morning.
0: That's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And one thing that I share, I've done like coaching and I had my coach on and she says something similar. She's like out of your head and into your heart, you know? So yeah. very similar type of feeling because yeah. other things that we've had conversations around as well, which might resonate with you is like our body tends to be the subconscious mind. So if we, you know, ignore that, then it ends up really hindering us in the long run. And I'd love to hear more about your experience of that transition and what that looked like, because I know for myself, it was very challenging. Even now it's like imposter syndrome. I was looking back on Facebook memories this morning and I'm like, how is that only me four years ago? You know, so much has happened. Yeah.
1: So much. Well, so much can grow in quantum leaps when you're doing this kind of work because you're not just growing forward you're shedding or healing so much of the trauma or the past that we've been carrying for so many years but to what you said two things that resonated as you said that and yeah like i've heard it said different times before like when you're in your head you're dead when you're in your heart you're smart right
0: Love that. and
1: the second thing about that as part of the journey is that when i was the just be more mentally tough guy you know, to the listeners and to you, Caitlin. Like, how many times I know for myself have you said things like, "I'm, I'm not mad," I swear, I'm not mad. <laughs> like you're telling yourself you're not mad, but yet you're like nervous system's all tense. You like have a pit in your stomach, or like, no, I swear, I'm not upset. I'm not upset, or I'm not set. I'm not stressed, right? It's like, yeah, you can mentally talk yourself through your feelings, but like you said, um, it's like our nervous system is kind of like our subconscious mind. It's like our mind might forget things. But our nervous system remembers our nervous system keeps score. Um, and so the my journey, the journey for me uh went back to actually some really dark years. So I built three seven figure organizations. If we're talking business stuff here for a second, yeah. um, through my through my 20s, right? Wow. And so I here, here I am, bought a house at 24 25 years old and mm-hmm. seven figure businesses, making mom and dad proud, right? The people pleaser inside of me. I'm the oldest son of an Asian family. I'm making mom and dad proud, right? And um, at 31, I chose to leave the main business I had built behind. Like wow. I just, I left and my income plummeted for a period of time. Yeah. And so I find myself in a dark season. I found myself not making money for almost a year and a half. I found myself realizing that I was doing all these things in my life to make others happy based mm-hmm. on what Asians said to do or society said to do or, or what a male is supposed to do. Uh, and therefore... I found myself also in a marriage that I knew from early on I really was never happy. And so here I am about to get divorced. I had just left the job, right? And questioning what the heck I'm doing with my life. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, on paper, I had done all the things. So mm-hmm. how could I be so unhappy? And that's kind of when the journey began. The journey became began more from a bit of a dark season, a, a low season. Is when I started to explore, like, okay, if I have all the tools up here pointing my head, but yet things still aren't flowing. There's gotta be more. And that's kind of what brought me to the somatic work. If you want me to go into more specifics about the journey, feel free. Like just tell me what you're looking for and I can go into it. But there's like you said, it's four, five, six years. There's so much to it. So I just figured it'd stop there for now.
0: No, that's great to hear because I think a lot of us a lot of us might be in that dark period now, you know, it's like, post-pandemic craziness. Now we're trying to like figure out our footing. And sure. I know for myself making that pivot, it was exactly the same, like, you know, income loss, imposter yeah. syndrome sets in, you know, it's like, who even am I? You know, I built yeah. this life I thought I wanted, like for me, it was really the business. I was mm-hmm. very lucky that my relationships didn't play out too much, but I realized different boundaries, sure. you know, like sure. the sure. parents that I have decided up and things like that. And even though like family members, we love them dearly. We as entrepreneurs also can't always take it all in. I realized, you know, like we're so hyper aware of the environment to begin with and, you know, being able to really like ground myself was so important. Mm -hmm. So telling Mm -hmm. me if you can like unpack to me what that looked like when you were like dang you know (laughs) because i feel like i just came out of that you know so even selfishly i'm curious you know
1: sure well a couple interesting things you said and then i want to speak to is like we said sometimes we're in a dark i want to speak really quickly to some people might be listening and feel like life's really good right now i want to speak to that really quickly as well the reason i share my accolades is because in the external world it looked like i had a lot going on so even when i was in my good years there were days that I would find myself in a fight with a significant other, like throwing a two liter bottle of soda across the damn room. Um, I would find myself getting too drunk, like in the external world, like I had all, to get, but then in like my private life, like I, I would get too drunk and say or do stuff mm-hmm. that I wasn't proud of or wasn't in alignment with my identity. So even to the listener, it feels like I got a lot of good going on when it started to realize for me that there was still like s- something deeper for me to unpack was when like, even when things were going well, I would have these like moments, these episodes that I was like, why am I acting out this way um, that I wasn't proud of? And, and and that's where, you know, this work is still so, so powerful. So to your question, when you said you find yourself in this like, dang <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> type of moment, uh, what that looked like? Well, identity. Is the word that comes to mind love that. right we, we carry so much to the identity of of who we are and most of us our identity is tied why i've spent time speaking so much so far to like the external world thing. so much of our identity is tied to those things when those external things are like compromised mm. it affects how we feel internally if we've attached our identity to those things money relationship, house that we live in, school, we went to, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying those things aren't bad. I'm so, I'm not saying those things are bad or good. I'm saying that when we attach our own identity to them, we are never actually grounded and safe. And mm-hmm. so when all that got shook and I was in a space where I was like "Damn!" is when I started to do a lot of work. And here's what that journey started to look like. The competitive side of me, right? Every time I felt like I was losing, my money was going down or sales weren't going well like i had a lot go on emotionally for me and i thought at one point it was about just learn more work harder and be more mentally tough and there came a point where that wasn't getting the job done or it was getting the results but i was stressed overwhelmed anxious drinking too much etc you know, and, and for me, it was drinking. That was my escape. I've actually now haven't had a drink since uh, June 21st, 2019. So three years now. Congratulations. I just, yeah, thank you. I realized how much drinking was my escape. I realized instead of learning how to feel the feelings in my body, Caitlin, I would escape through drinking. Some escape through napping, some escape through porn, drugs, working hard working. work. Now, for me, it was drinking. That's why I keep referencing that. But if I can summarize your question, and when I got to the dang moment, the first big part of the journey was learning how to actually, like to actually attend to, attune, and feel my feelings in my nervous system. So instead of feeling like stressed because sales aren't going well, it's not about not feeling stressed. It's about allowing myself to feel the stress until I can get back to my center. The fact that I am safe, that I am loved, right? That I'm in flow, that I live in a world of God or universes or spirits, uh, abundance and miracles. And when I can get back to home, when I can get back to that place, it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we've had two bad weeks of sales. I have no doubt more is coming my way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it took me learning how to slow down and process like the feeling in my nervous system. Because if not, What I found, Caitlin, is that what we resist persists. So I could feel the stress, right? But I could resist feeling it and just tell myself to work harder or just drink or escape or whatever. But what we resist persists and then it expands until it explodes. And so the version of me before learning how to do this work would feel stressed, tell myself I'm not stressed. I would be fine for a while until one day it would explode. a bad night out drinking, or I would yell something at a coworker. I would get in a fight with a significant other because I was just letting it all build up. So Mm -hmm. I'll stop there for now.
0: Yeah. I can relate to this on so many levels. It's like not even funny. (laughs) I like really relate to this and, you know, I love what you said and explained about us having our escape because everybody has one, you know, and the more aware we become, the more obvious it becomes too. Like how you said, what we resist persists in all actions of this healing process. And, you know, I know for me, which I would love to get your opinion on as well, I was diagnosed with ptsd actually a year mm. ago and when i started to feel emotions it was very intense for me because i mm. hadn't felt emotions for so long so and, long so you long. know and i think a lot of people in our space like they don't always talk about this side of the healing because There was moments where I was scared, you know, like, and there was no reason to be scared, but I had never really felt fully scared my whole life because it was exactly like what you said, tune it out, you know, be healthier in my mind, like just don't listen to it. And once I would have those emotions, it was like a rush, you yeah. know, of like, yeah. how do I handle this even? Like, how do I navigate this? And I'd love to know some of those tools or things that yeah. you do um, to navigate those emotions. But
1: well, you cool if I speak and do and, and or even almost like challenge something you just said?
0: Please do. I would love okay.
1: that. You said I had never felt fear. And the only distinction I want to make about that is not that you had never felt fear. You had felt fear many times in your life. Yeah. The the more accurate thing that I think you're saying, and I'm only challenging this because I used to say the same thing, and this is a discovery I have. It's not that I had never felt fear, worry, anxiousness before. It's that I had never been given the space and the tools to actually know how to experience the fear. So what happened was at five and eight and 12 and 16 and 20, I felt fear many times, but I just shoved it down. Right. I just got to look good. I just got to be the good son. I got to perform. I got to get grades. So it's not that you had never felt fear before. It's that you had developed habits over 20, 30 years of shoving it down. So I just want to speak to that really quickly
0: yeah that really resonates i like love that you said that because the space was finally there like i moved into my house there was openness for the healing yeah. you know so i yeah. love that you said that that even like visually makes sense you know <laughs> yeah.
1: which is why you asked about the tools and like what are some of the things i actually start to do then right well caitlin the, the thing the first thing is this while i talk a lot about somatic work and therapy and the, the my own journey hey i'm not a somatic therapist i'm not a somatic therapist expert but I also, also, I'm not a big fan of labeling, right? Like I am the, cause I think we then live in it, like it's part of our identity. I'm just a sad person or I'm anxious or I'm a, right. but what I do think is powerful is to become aware and name it for the moment. So what I learned as a fundamental tool, cause I still, despite me being a sensitive person now, like I'm still very much like an organized brain, like tell me the checklist, tell me how, right? Like the achiever in me still wants you to tell me tools. So this really helped me. This was the action step that I could practice just like if I was learning the saxophone or learning uh, karate or learning how to play basketball. It was a set of fundamentals that anybody, any listener can do to learn how to feel their feelings. And my question, Caitlin, to teach you this is this. When you're in school and you did fire drills, what would we learn about fire drills? If there's a fire or you're on fire, we were always taught to do three things. Stop,
0: Stop. Yeah. Drop. drop,
1: yeah, okay, good. So when our nervous system is activated, yeah. it can feel like everything's on fire
0: right?
1: Totally. love this. Have you ever been like anxious? Like, oh my gosh, I need money right now. Or maybe it's like, oh my gosh, this person needs to call me back right now. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said no to me. Or I can't believe my, my girlfriend's mad at me. It feels like your nervous system's on fire. Mm, Yeah. And so I'm going to do the same exact thing as a seven-year-old learning a fire drum. I'm going to stop, drop and roll. And my somatic coach, Tess, uh, is the one who taught me this, so credit to her. And it works like this, right? Stop would be what? Deep breath Mm -hmm. and just stop to become aware of at least what you're experiencing. Just name it in the moment. Now, you might not early on know how to identify the actual feeling. So maybe I would just go, I don't know. I feel like everything's on fire right now. That's all I have to say. And then maybe it's like, I don't know, like I feel like a lot of tension in my stomach or Oh my gosh, I feel a lot of stress on my chest right now. Mm. And I'm just going to keep breathing and naming what I'm doing. Tess said to me one time, we're always one deep breath away from a completely different emotional experience. So every breath I take, I'm going, okay, now what do I feel? Now what do I feel? Okay, so stop is just giving yourself permission to go to it versus most of us grew up in a world where we resisted it. Our parents would say things like what? Stop crying. I need you to stop that. We're going into the store now. Cut it out, right? We were conditioned to have feelings and then told to shove them down. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm reparenting, so to speak, myself by giving myself permission to just be aware that I just feel really scared right now. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know really, Caitlin, what it is, but I can tell you this much. I have a lot of like energy on my chest and I feel a pit in my stomach. And I'm just going to breathe with that for a moment, right? So that's stopping. Drop is once you can like feel like you're slowed down a little bit, I'm going to start trying to get out of my head and I'm going to start trying to feel the things that I'm saying in my body, right? So maybe I said, I feel a lot of tension on my chest. Well, that was just a very logical thought. Now I'm going to drop and put my hands where I feel it and go, I'm just going to let myself feel all the tension on my chest because that's the opposite of resisting it. I'm actually what now? I'm actually going to the feeling.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm going
1: right to it. And it's so funny, whether it takes two minutes or 20 minutes, the achiever within us, Caitlin, we want to be told to do all these things. So it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. And yet it's the actual thing that causes it to start to lighten up starts to get it to stream off of you, starts to get it to move because energy is meant to move, Yeah. right? Emotions and energy are meant to move. We've been taught to bottle it up. When you go to it, it starts to spread. And then I start to go, I don't feel it on my chest anymore. I feel it on my shoulders or oh, it's streaming on my arms. I feel a lot of tingling in my arms. And that's a good thing. I now feel it moving through me. So stop, drop, and then roll. It's just keep breathing with it until you really start to feel the energy roll, like move out in different parts of your body. Um, There are words, there are phrases, there are affirmations that can go with a lot of these things. I'll just say one of them for now. When I'm in the drop phase and I'm like just sitting there and my like thinking brain is like, what the frick am I doing right now, right? I just sometimes will go, even when I feel all of this fear, I can breathe. Mm. And I'll just keep repeating that. I feel so much tension in my tummy right now and I can breathe. That's just like a simple phrase I'll say to let myself keep rolling with it until I kind of feel the anxiousness or the stress roll off of me, so.
0: That's great. Yeah. This is like awesome. I was in (laughs) therapy for like... It felt like forever, you know, and we never talked about this and this is really good. Like she would say, feel the emotion, but exactly like what you said when it was too early on and I was yeah. navigating it, like pulling apart the web, we might call yeah. it, you know, yeah, yeah. like one yeah. thing after another, and then it would be overwhelming. So yeah. I love that you said, you know, just really getting back into your body, feeling it, allowing the words to come to mind as well, because I think uh, another thing that you mentioned was like each individual may see or feel things differently and covers them all, you know, it's like in that moment when you're so out of your body, you know, just coming back in. So this is great. I know our listeners are going to love that. Um,
1: It it gets you back into your body, which is where our power is, which is where our source is, but we give up. You know, I had a coach say to me one time, um, too many of us live our lives from the outside in instead of the inside out, right? We are chasing everything externally and it's an, and it directly impacts what we feel internally. Um, I don't care what kind of personal growth coach or work you do. It all comes back oftentimes to one fundamental principle and that is we create in our external world who we are, right? Identity, right? We can say, I want to make a million dollars, but oftentimes there'll be a very chasey energy to that, a very needy energy to that. Until we've developed the identity, i.e. the thoughts, the beliefs, the feelings of, no, I'm not just chasing a millionaire. I am a millionaire. I am a wealthy man. I am a happy person. Most of us are chasing it externally, forgetting that the law of correspondence states that mm-hmm. whatever we experience internally will create a direct mirror or reflection externally. So if you want to change your external world, right, start by leveling up your internal world. But why I'm bringing this up is because I think when people think about doing something, they always think about adding more things. All right, I'm just going to start saying I'm a millionaire now. I'm just going to start saying. Last law real quick, though. The inner work that we're talking about is oftentimes about clearing stuff out, not adding stuff on. And that in itself creates space, right? Most of us are not creating what we want in our life because we're just stacking more and more on, more habits, more hours, more to do, more things. When oftentimes we actually achieve more in our world in flow, when we don't first ask ourselves, what more do we have to do? Oftentimes it's, what do I need to let go of? Mm -hmm. What do I need to say no to? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to discontinue in this season? And on the emotional front, that's what this work allows you to do. It allows you to let go of fear, past limiting beliefs, um, subconscious beliefs that you're not good enough, doubt, insecurity, because there's one last law called the law of repulsion. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about the law of attraction because there's a book called The Secret that made it all popular and famous. But to you, Caitlin, and to anyone listening, I know I can speak for myself. How many of us have ever done law of attraction stuff? I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am... Right. And by the end of it, it's like, no, I'm not. Right. Yeah. You have what's <laughs> you have you have what's called crosstalk, where your brain's like, no, you're not. And that's because there's something called the law of repulsion that if we don't address, the law of attraction will never get home. And the law of repulsion is a conflicting energy to the law of, uh, of attraction at the same time. Right doubts, insecurities, limiting beliefs. And if we don't clear that out, it'll just wash out all the good work we're doing with the law of attraction anyways. That's one of the reasons why this work is so powerful and why talk therapy is great. I, at the end of the day, I don't knock any formality or modality of work for people yeah. if it works for them. For me, talk therapy was never the thing. That's why I had so many times where I was like, I'm not doing any therapy somatic therapy now that's been my thing because it's not about just staying in my mind anymore it's about learning to get to my nervous system and clearing the feelings and the anxiousness and the overwhelmed stuff out so yeah yeah so
0: that's amazing and I love your explanation of all of the different laws like I'm going to go back and research them even more because exactly like what you said we all always hear hear about law of attraction but Mm -hmm. there is this law of repulsion and as you explain that I feel like that comes up for us naturally, sure. you know, and because obviously also both being from the East coast, like there's a little <laughs> bit of skepticism in all of us, you know,
1: <laughs> Sure, deep skepticism in the tri-state
0: area <laughs> and shady, you know, I'm yeah. like, when you can contradict that by explaining to yourself, even if I don't wake up every day, feeling like a millionaire, but I'm yeah. unpacking what's telling me that I can't be, You know, it's like even more. That's what started to propel me as well. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I am just happy right now where I am. Like, I don't have to always be chasing the next thing Um, because my whole life I felt like I was chasing. So I love that you mentioned that contradiction. I feel like, again, visually, that's helpful Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Two things to what you just said. What's so powerful is because you use the word chasing, right? Right. Well, the more we chase, the harder it becomes to attain it. Yeah. Right. The more we're chasing something, the more it actually gets away. And when I say chase, I don't mean like work and do the work. Like I am not the like sit at the top of the mountaintop and just do like meditations. And I am definitely like a work and I, I I work. I love it. Right. Yeah. And yet I still talk about this stuff because if you are working like you're putting in the hours, but the energy and who you're being behind the work is very needy, mm. is very chasey. Two things to that is like, it feels sometimes like a slippery watermelon is what Tess, the coach I'm talking about, says to me, right? And picture yourself literally trying to run with a slippery watermelon in your hands. It's like, you, you the harder you try and squeeze it, the more it, well, It pops out, right? Mm. And that's what our goals feel like sometimes when we're chasing them. So why the mindset and the emotional work that we're talking about, Caitlin, is powerful is because really the grounded place you want to get to is what you said. And that was, maybe I'm actually completely at peace with what I already have and who I already am and where I'm at.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Some people as achievers are scared to get to that moment because they think they're going to lose their drive. They think they're going to not be motivated anymore. The opposite almost always happens. When we get to that place of, I'm so grateful for everything I already have in my life, we actually start achieving more. And the reason why is that needing nothing attracts everything, right? Needing nothing attracts, think about it, like the person who wins a negotiation. So I know we're talking business a little bit here still, even though it sounds like we're talking, right? Like, Like the person who wins a negotiation is the person who has an abundance of what? Other options and could go a different direction, doesn't need The deal, right? Yes. Have you ever noticed, like, it seems like you could not get a date for the life of you? You finally start dating someone and it seems like all of a sudden you find out all these people were attracted to you and like you, right? Needing nothing attracts everything. When you have such an abundance of wealth within you, all of a sudden sales. So where we want to get to emotionally, mentally, et cetera, is like, I'm so grateful and safe with everything I have already that I might prefer and desire more growth. Yeah. those are the words i use there i might desire it i might prefer it but mm-hmm. i don't need it or want it the definition of want if you google like the definition of wanting this surprises people all the time there are words in the definition of wanting that says things like not present rooted in scarcity Um, what else is in the Merriam-Webster dictionary? It's like rooted in in scarcity, not present, not enough, basically. That's why we're wanting. Well, imagine wanting from an energy of I'm not enough, I'm not present, I'm not good enough. So that's why I use words like desire and prefer.
0: Yeah.
1: My intention and my outcome. So I'm not needy about any of it. You cool if I share an actual real life story that demonstrates this?
0: Please do. I love this.
1: So again, the achiever, achiever, achiever in me is like, work harder, work harder, work harder. So I started my fourth business after building the first three, after starting to do some of this work.
0: Okay. And it was
1: my first coaching business called the Health and Wealth Academy. It still runs today. And it's the one I told you earlier, we take the most unique approach to business growth. And that's working with the person's physical, mental, and emotional health. Um, and we got to 80, 90K a month. Really exciting, right? We're on track for a million dollars. And yet, I had this goal of breaking 100k. I had this goal of breaking 100k, and I was doing damn near what felt like everything to try to break 100k. I was going to join every dang mastermind. I was going to work 12, 16 hours a day if I had to work six or seven, right? And something interesting happened. The harder I tried, the more stuck I felt.
0: Oh my god, I can so relate to this. Yes,
1: slippery watermelon feel, right? Yeah. It's like I'm squeezing tighter, and it's getting away from me. And so here I had tried to join like every strategic mastermind and do more. I tried doing paid ads. I tried to launch more other products. I tried to blah, 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 right? And after about a year of being stuck at 80, 90, and here's how you knew it probably wasn't about working harder. We had a 96K month. We had a 92K month. We had a 94K month. (laughs) And so I go on a walk and I'm doing this somatic work now. And I'm like, I don't know, like I I can't break a hundred K. I'm not good enough. I just feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like it's just not possible. And I started to speak all this reality of like, I'm not good enough. It's my industry. And at the end of the day, more times than not, those things are just BS. They're just our own beliefs that we're choosing in that moment, right? Here's the crazy part of the story, Caitlin. As I just kind of felt into my nervous system and got out of my head, something just popped up into like my thoughts immediately that felt true. And it was this. My dad hates people that make six figures. Now, here's how the story unfolds. My dad growing up, and my dad passed in January, so God bless him.
0: So sorry.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, but growing up, he was the type of guy that, like, he didn't, he he kind of, he, he conditioned within me at times, like, money is the root of all evil or, like, yeah. stuff like that. One thing I remembered as I was doing this like nervous system stuff, because again, the mind forgets what the body remembers, right? Is all of a sudden my body remembers all the times my dad made comments about people who made six figures like, oh, rich guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, must be nice to be him. He was never speaking in love about these people, right?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So if these people made six figures in a year and my dad was bad mouthing them, my nervous system subconsciously started telling myself what if I make six figures in a month, yeah. my dad's not going to approve of that. I'm not going to be loved. And we are not wired as human beings before all else to be successful. Yeah, We're actually wired as human beings before all else to be loved and accepted. Yeah. Right. Right. Because we're pack animals, right? Like we need to be accepted by the pack for survival. It's actually a very primal desire within our bodies because when we were in the pack, if we were kicked out of the pack, we did not survive because one man fish, one woman cooked, like all that type of stuff. And so when I felt like I might be shunned by my dad, it didn't feel safe to go after a 100K. So guess what I did? I stopped, dropped and rolled. Mm-hmm. And I let myself feel and heal through the feeling or the fear of my dad not loving me. And the truth about fear is this. Fear is one of the few things that gets smaller as you get closer to it, right? Think about it. When you're up in a plane, buildings look really small. But when you get closer to it, buildings are actually pretty damn big, right? Fear is one of those things that as you go closer to it, it's one of the few things that as you get closer to it actually gets smaller. And I just let myself sit there and I just let myself feel into like, the fear of my dad's not going to love me. My dad's going to disapprove of this. And by able to work through it, I was able to get back to what's true. And that is, even if my dad doesn't approve of this, I am safe to pursue my dreams. Or even if my dad doesn't, even if my dad doesn't love me, God still loves me. or I am love. And I can breathe. Like I let myself get back to a place of flow and peace about this to just decide, no, I'm safe to go after this. And as the story would tell, guess what happened the very next month? We broke through 100K and have not fallen below 100K since then over the last three plus years or whatever it's been since doing that. And so that's a perfect example of like, there's the law of attraction. I was writing my goals down every day. I was doing affirmations. I am a 100K earner. I was doing all the law of attraction stuff. And that's a perfect example where law of repulsion worked is actually what unlocked the door. It's like you're letting go of a shackle and you can now actually run more freely. But most of the personal growth world, most of the personal growth gurus have convinced us that we need to like jump up and down and stand in the sun and do affirmations over. And I'm not knocking any of those things to be very clear. I'd still do versions of either meditation or affirmation. But to think that is the only thing that is going to just guarantee you success, there's so much more to the world and success than just those things. And so that's, that's why I share that.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that story. And I'm so sorry about your dad. I also lost my dad when I was 15. It shaped my Uh, entire life. So I really resonate with everything that you said. And, you know, our dads are very important to us. And they, of course, pass along things. And during my healing journey, I also had to remember, like, he just wasn't aware, you know, like, he just didn't even know. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about this opportunity that our generations have now is that we have knowledge you know like we're so lucky we're so fortunate to have this work it's an opportunity you know and I feel like that's exactly how you talked about the fear as well it's it's an opportunity to unlock the fear like this is a gift that we're not so afraid anymore. And we have the support like coaches and the communities that you've built. And, you know, when you have other people that do this work too, it's like not as scary, you know, it's (laughs) It's like you hear some of these stories and you're like, Oh my gosh, especially when you brought up landmark, it's very similar to that. You hear the stories and it's like, wow, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, so I just thank you so much for sharing that. And then I also just wanted to come back to what you said about doing nothing because I have experienced this tenfold. I hired all the coaches, like had like three coaches at a time. It was so burnt out. This is literally three months ago, you know, not yeah. that long ago at all during the summer. And I had decided that it just wasn't benefiting me. And once yeah. I slowed down, the clients just came. I didn't even have to do anything, you know, yeah. it's like, That energy that you said it wasn't like I was repelling them anymore, chasing after the neediness and yeah, yeah, unlocking that fear of like, okay, you know, if I don't have the money that I made last month, like, I'm good, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have an amazing family great support system. I'm still gonna eat at the end of the day, you know, like my coach and I work on that stuff because in our brains, we get so in our head. It's like, you know. Life or death. We're good, yeah, I'm gonna die. That's what I've said on the podcast before too, yeah.
1: It's what it feels like. It feels like I would die if this happens. And then people around us are like, are you freaking nuts? Like (laughs) logically it doesn't make sense, right? Like emotions don't make sense logically. But feeling-wise, it feels very, very, very real. And that's why the energy behind it is so important. Because one thing I've noticed with people, myself included, is a lot of us will do gratitude. And then wonder why our worlds are not changing. And so this is another distinction, another perfect example of like embodying it as part of your identity is very different than just being in your head about it, right? I am grateful. Like you could be sitting there doing great gratitude and not feel grateful at all. Like you can feel scared and not enough and wish you had more. And it's not going to make a difference more times than not. And so I think that's a great distinction that like, you got to really get to the energy of it. You got to really get to the embodiment, the identity or the feeling of it for it to actually make a damn difference. The analogy I always use with that is like, have you ever been in a relationship and your significant other says, I'm sorry to you? Yes. And you're like, you're not sorry. I can tell you're not sorry. Or has anyone ever said, I love you you, And you like, you didn't really feel it, right? Yeah. The words only land so powerfully as the way of being behind it, as the energy behind it. And um, it's so, so important. It, it is.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, just to speak to this, which I think I would love your opinion on, and I know we're coming up on our time as well, but it's also a society shift, you know, like. People want, they crave this now. It's not like a willy nilly thing where we can just say whatever we want and things like that. It was, for me, I'm really seeing the shift in the needs, like the necessities of human beings that have been ignored for so long. And again, just uh, for lack of knowledge, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's not like a blame game. But yeah, are you feeling that as well with your clients and, you know, this like necessity for actually feeling the energy behind the words or even within us, you know, like how you said moving it?
1: Yeah, because... Yes, I'm seeing that. And, and and I and I keep saying this almost like, I don't want to sound defensive, but I keep saying this because I think it's important. Like strategy is still important, yeah. right? Like hiring a coach is still important. Having the game plan is still important. And yet if you have all the tools in the world, but you're shelled up in the corner, like scared and anxious and like your state, your way of being is not empowered behind it, yeah. you're limiting... That you're limiting the results. You're limiting the possibilities that come with that. so, uh, yeah, yeah, I see that. And so a tool that can help people because we've shared some things that can feel very, to some people, maybe a little woo-woo.
0: Sure. Absolutely.
1: Or we've shared some things that like high achievers are like, how the hell am I going to have the time in the middle of a 12-hour workday to be like, ah, I can breathe. Right. So this has also helped me is yes, All I need to do is just take a deep breath and kind of feel my nervous system and that can reset it in 60 seconds. So that first and foremost, I don't need to be doing this like whole deep work every time, but to just acknowledge, I feel really scared right now and I can breathe. But then this has also really helped me. Three very powerful questions that help you stay in your mind. Because like, if you're out at war, right? And like bullets are flying, you're not gonna stop and go home unless I need to feel. So sometimes these tools help as well. And that's three simple questions. What am I fearing here? Why am I attached to it? What is actually true here? So sometimes I can just talk myself through it a little bit too. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just scared. Like if we had a whole week of like no sales, like that's what I'm scared of. Why am I attached to this? Oh, well, if we had a whole week of no sales, then like, I don't know, like maybe I'm an imposter. Maybe I'm not good enough or I wouldn't be able to pay an employee. But what do I really, what am, why am I attached to that? Well, if I had to tell an employee that I couldn't pay, I'd be so embarrassed. And then they would leave me, abandonment, right? But what is actually true here? What is actually true is that even if I had to face someone with bad news, I can do it with love. Or what is actually true here is that abundance is flowing through the universe at all times. And so even though I've had a few bad days of sales, my best days can come after my worst days. And so those three simple questions, what am I fearing? why am i attached to it like why do i feel needy about it and what is actually true here um, yeah. Those three questions really help me ground myself when I'm in like a busy flow and I don't have the time to necessarily slow down and yeah. do all of the feeling stuff. That's helped me a ton of times before.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And such a great tool to come back to what you're saying about strategy, because I also could not agree more. And a lot of what we talk about on here is unpacking the trauma just because I believe that if we don't do that first, then we will sometimes create this in jailed imprisonment. And like, again, yeah. speaking from experience, yeah. here, then you're able to create from that place of like freedom, you know? Yeah. So yeah. can you tell us what that strategy is like? And like, how can we start to take this trauma work and use it to build something that could potentially be passed down from generation to generation like yourself? You know, it's miraculous. Yeah.
1: Well, it very much can be generationally changing. I was doing a session a couple of weeks ago and Um, I had this like outer body, like trembling type of fear. Um, And what I realized is that I was carrying generations of belief and weight about money, right? Stereotypically, Asians can be known to be cheap or frugal, et cetera. And I was like carrying generations of these beliefs about that and working through that. So to that really quickly, it definitely can be generational. But I want to speak to what you said with two words, hope and possibility right? And we've talked about how this is still a strategy, how this is a strategy and can lead to strategy. The simple thing I would say is this, is come up with the strategies when you're in a state of hope and possibility. When you're feeling anxious and tense and scared, it feels like nothing's possible. There's no way that would work, right? Hope and possibility is limited or gone. So that's the reason why I think this type of work is powerful, because when you can get yourself into a really powerful state all that comes to you is hope and possibility you're like well, wait a second i could do this right have you ever like at a time before like nothing's going to work and then someone like shows you another way and you're like oh i could do that totally. guess what <laughs> you can do that for yourself yeah. through hope and possibility and i'll share one last story um about this right um there were two times where I was like just deeply engulfed with fear about my business. Yeah. Right. One was breaking $250,000 a month. And the fear, I, it felt like I was scared to go to 250 a month, even though we we're about to do it. And the belief and the fear that I had about breaking $250,000 a month is that at that point I'm making so much money that everybody's just going to come out of the woodworks and take, ask Right. And it's and I'm not good at the time I wasn't great at upholding boundaries. So oh, of course right. it felt scary that everyone's just gonna come take. Well, by doing this, like what am I really fearing here? I'm fearing getting to 250. Why am I attached to that? Why am I scared to that? I just feel like everyone's gonna come take. What's the point of making 250 if more people are just gonna come? My employees are all gonna ask for pay raises, my family's gonna ask to borrow money. Da. da, da. Here's the funny part none of those things happened, right? Mm-hmm. When I got to 250. But I was attached to it really because I'm just, I was scared to uphold my own boundaries. So what am I fearing? Why am I attached to it? What is actually true here? And what is actually true is that I can give generously through my choices, but I'm not a victim to people just coming to take. And I literally pictured myself, Caitlin, sitting at the end of a board table, like a boardroom table with $250,000 cash sitting in the middle. And at first I was picturing myself like handcuffed to the chair, just watching everybody come and take my money. And then as I asked myself these questions, my nervous system said, wait a second, if a, a horde of people were flooding into the boardroom, just taking all the money, I would probably stand up at some point and go, guys, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Hi.
1: Mom, do you need money? Yeah, I, I need blah, blah, blah. My mom doesn't need money. She didn't ask me for money. But yeah, I need money for this. Okay, great. I'm going to lend you this or I'm going to give you this. And I, it gave me my power back yeah. and all of a sudden hope and possibility came back again. But if I didn't address the fear, I might've sat there with a glass ceiling subconsciously about why I shouldn't get to 250. So that's another perfect example of like, yes, strategy is important, but here's why acknowledging our own subconscious and our mindset and our nervous system is equally as important to growing in business as well.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so great. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did. And can you tell our <laughs> listeners how to get in touch with you and just what you have going on before we yeah, can-
1: I appreciate you asking. So if you're a, if you're a consultant or a coach of any sort, I always have a bonus for people when I'm, when I speak on podcasts, it's just free trainings on exactly what top clients, what top coaches do to get clients to pay, play and stay for years. And you can just go to www dot com backslash free com backslash free. And uh, it'll bring you to a landing page for the exact retention system that our clients use to generate an extra six figures in revenue. But as far as just following me, um, Facebook or Instagram is the best place. Instagram is just Mike two underscores chew i believe and then facebook michael chew uh you'll find me on there social media is the best place to follow if you want the free resources and the free trainings go to www.champdev.com backslash free
0: perfect and for any of our listeners we'll have all the links below too so you can get in touch with michael that way but thank you so much for your time i seriously had the best time chatting with you yeah
1: yeah it's my pleasure thank you so much for having me